Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, you're very welcome to this week's podcast, Vices Taken from Our Irish Life and Lore Archive. The story of the Palatine people from the Rhineland in Germany, who had to flee their home due to war and famine in the early part of the 1700s. is quite fascinating. They were looking for a better place to live, many finding new homes in Canada and in America, but some made their way to Ireland. Later, a group finding their way south uh, of the country down to West Limerick and there they set up new Connollys at the invitation of the local landlord. Some years later, some of those groups travelled over the border into North Kerry, and some finding their way as far as Ballymacalligat. And that was also at the invitation of the local landlord there. But we start with West Limerick, and my first destination was to the home of the Teskies. And there I spoke to John Teskey, about his family living in the same area for eight generations. The homestead of the Teskies is up Kirihin Lane. Oh, up that lane there? Yes, up that lane next door there. Oh, I see. There. And was that an old house? Yes, and it was rebuilt. And there's only one wall of the old house incorporated in the new build. Yeah. For old time's sake, they kept on to a mud-built wall at the gable end. So that's the other the other walls front and back were new, done with stone and mortar. Do you ever remember it when it was? Oh gosh, yes. A mud house. Oh, not not when it was. Yeah. No, no, it was done in my grandfather's time. Oh, I think. way back. Yeah, yeah way back. Yeah. By uh, Garrett Teskey, it runs back. You see, eight generations. Eight. eight. I'm the eighth. My goodness gracious, you were here. The making of cider was a big tradition that lasted right down through the years in the Palatine community. I asked Harry Long about making cider in his home place, which was Tua, just outside Adair. We made cider here. I can remember making cider here. They used to make the cider together. Shines used to have apple trees, orchards as well. And the shine chaps used to come down. My father's navy was... And there was made to sell the Swedish house, so that we always call it the cider house because it's all done now. And there was big, I remember there was a big framework, and they was, we was grind up the apple. Oh yeah, there used to be big long trough, and they had big weights, and they was pound all the apples to break them, you see. And then they'd put them into a bag on top of a table, like, 
uh, about that square now and that fold up the canvas black and they put it into a, a table and a big jack overhead it and press it down and press the juice out of it. Oh, yeah, uh, and, and that juice was cider. Yeah, that's right, and the cider would run over that, the energy was put into a barrel, cider barrel, Swedish left barrel. Anyone who come in here, we felt to give it that cider. <laughs> when I was finished recording Harry Long, I travelled a short distance down the road to the Shine Palatine House, and there I met Doreen Shine, whose maiden name was Blenner Hassett, and grew up in Ballymacalligate. She went to the old schoolhouse there, which was known as a preach house, right? doubled up as a school during the week. And I spoke to her about the school. Ballon McElligot. It was, there was a house for the teachers as well there. She was a marked girl. Uh, she, and she married a blinner. She came down to teach in Ballon McElligot, or in Yarn Hour School, where I went to school, but that was years before that. She married a blinner Hassett man. And they had a farm. And they sold the farm um, and came to live in the schoolhouse. It was, it was a meeting house, actually, one time. They yeah. used to have meetings there or something. And so that was the only school. But then they built the new school when Canon Rycraft came. The wearing of clogs on the land is a tradition that Palatines have been doing for generations. To find out more, I spoke to Ivan Bovenizer, whose family have been farming land uh, outside Patrick's Well for many generations. My father wore clogs made out of timber. Have you ever heard of them? You did? I did, of course, yeah. Oh, that'd kill you, I said. They'd be dead solid, should have been all given them or anything. Really? No. And of course, they they uh, they were ideal because they, you know they was it I was it somewhere in Rocky like I remember him talking about it. these nail boots came, yeah. oh they were meant to get a pair of these <laughs> they were leather anyway and stood the soles were all nailed of course yeah. for a while they were a big help I'd say yeah there was no Wellingtons that time no Wellingtons no weeding the crops you know you had to kneel down and that that's right I don't that myself did you. And on your, what did you do with your knees then? Did you have... Um... Old jute bags. Yeah. Time around jute and old twine. The Palatine community were hard-working people and very athletic. I spoke to Ronald Sparling, who had worked in a bike shop in Rakhil for most of his life. And before that, his father, James. James was a champion cyclist. And he spoke here about... He's winning a trophy three times in a row on centre track racing in the early part of the last century. He had to win it three years in a row anyway. But was it a local, was it, was this a oh, national competition? Oh, well, yeah, I'd say it was, yeah. yeah. I'd say there were people from all different parts of Ireland racing against him. like, okay. And he, I, he, he loved to talk about the... Uh, first of all, he, he uh, I think it was two thousand uh, nineteen nineteen oh I'd say it was nineteen oh seven. He he won it first nineteen oh eight, and he won it outright in nineteen oh nine. And there was somebody he was tipped off before the race started. Nineteen oh nine. In nineteen oh nine, this there was an, another fellow. 
they didn't want to part with the trophy because it was a very valuable trophy. And the, there was, he was tipped off the, to watch out for such a fellow that they, they were trying to knock him off the bike. My goodness. And, but my father loved to tell this story. Yeah. And, but he, uh, your man made his move on a, on a bend in the track and but my father was ready for him and he slowed or gave him the slip anyway and my father won the race and won the trophy. I spoke to Dorothy Teskey in Adair and I wanted to find out were the Palatines people who easily integrated with the local community. Just as a matter of interest, did, did outsiders then see you as, as planters? At any stage, I mean, was there any? Of I'm that? sure there was a. I'm sure there was a time, before my time, that you were very much an outsider. Like you know, your your father got you the job. You you know when you left school at, at sixteen, there was colleges yeah. were only for the very famous. You know, the, there was no universities and things back then, and um. He got he got you a job and you had you know it was but it was nearly always with the Methodists like I worked in Nelson's in Limerick, he was a Methodist too. My sister worked for Hassett's, another Protestant family if you like. My other sister worked for Matterson's, another. You, they kind of looked after their own if you know what I, I mean. I understand, yeah. If, Another cultural tradition with the Palatine community was holding on to the land and the buildings and to visit the Barkman property at the back of Adair Manor and see their farm house and outbuildings and see the condition that they had been kept in was amazing. I spoke to Peter and Margaret Barkman and they explained this tradition. Were the Barkmans here for a long time? We were born here, settling into settling into the Palatine way of, of doing things. Well, um, there were um, there were Teskies living here initially. Another part of Palatine family. Palatines, founded, yeah. and uh, Peter's family, Peter's grandfather, uh, came. They were related, the Barkmans and the Teskies. So Peter's family came from um, uh, the Woodlands Road in there. Actually, it's Mount Earl. It's still on a uh, it's still on a pier. Yeah. As you go up the Woodlands Road, that's the old Croom Road. The townsland of Ballingran in West Limerick is another fascinating place where the Palatine community settled. And to this day, many of the Palatine names still survive in that area. Robert Ruttle, uh, his family came from there, and he brought me down to show me one of the oldest Palatine houses in the area and the outbuildings and the farm as well. So, now so we'll just walk on down here to um, the original uh, house of uh, the original settlers that came from Germany in 1709. The house has changed, of course, uh, a lot. Uh, it was built in um, 
the 1790s. I, I haven't the exact date. And uh, of course it was a detached house in its time. And this, this building attached? Uh, yeah, that run, would be that, that old wall now would have been, that's right a, cow, a, cow, a, cow, a cow house. Yeah. And uh, you can see the little squares for windows and you can see then that was built up higher. There was a loft there um, where we used to store hay and straw and that because um, the cows originally would have been stalled up before there was a cubicle house. But it gave this place uh, this lots is of a, shelter. Yes. The tree it? we're looking at now yeah. is a skein of the original pear tree that John Wesley preached under. Oh my goodness. So yeah, there yeah. was a skein, a, a skein taken from the original tree and just propagated um, up in, in Dublin. The Latchford name is still in Ballingran. A branch of the family left there and went to Newcastle West. There I met Joan Boucher Hayes, who is a descendant of that Latchford family. I spoke to her and she explained to me that baking, milling was always in the Latchford family, but so was entertainment. My grandfather was a baker and my father was a baker and his uncle, my uncle was a baker. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's so and it interesting. it was lovely bread. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it was the best. It was nice. <laughs> and uh, when did the cinema start then? I can't, uh, I can't honestly tell you exactly when the cinema started, but I can tell you that the ballroom and the theatre was there long before that. Yeah. Yeah, it was an extraordinary thing. Um, uh, well, to begin with, uh, my yeah. grandfather, as I understand it, came from Limerick. And his brother was with him. And then his brother went on to Tralee. And they were obviously in the flower business or bakery or whatever, because my grandfather was a baker here. And then he married a woman called Lysett. She owned actually the premises in Maiden Street where the bakery <coughs> and the cinema were for years. And he married in there. I spoke to the descendant of the other brother who came down to Tralee, Michael Latchford. You know, we have been to Ballingran a couple of times and we've seen gravestones for Latchfords and we've always been told we came with the Palatines to that area and um, were renting from the Southwell estate. Um, but... We, and we were listed in the first two books with the names of the Palatines in it, in them. But then we, someone said, we're not Palatines, we, we, we came from England because there were Latchfords in England before um, the Palatines came over. So we don't actually know why we came over with Palatines. I think now maybe we're not. We certainly came with them. We were rented the same sort of eight acres from the Southwell estate and we married Palatines and even my father married a Palatine. Later in the 1700s, some families of Palatines left West Limerick to travel over the border into North Kerry. Some families settled in groups in Ballymacalligat, Kilmiley and in uh, Listole and Harbert. But... I spoke to a family who came to Ballycedy first, 
the glaciers. And Anne Glacier explains to me how hard the women worked in the Palatine community. When did they come to Kerry? Well, I have a fair idea. Uh, they, they were given patches of land around Newcastle, around Rakeel, really. Newcastle mm. was around there. And, um, and they worked very diligently. And the great success for them was that the wives worked with them in the fields. Mm. And those wives were simply amazing, which they still are today, because any house, of a Palatine house you go into, open the cupboards and they're full of pickles and all sorts of beautiful preserves, everything, all homemade. And I don't know when our people came, but it, I, I, all I can assume at the moment is that they came with the lot in 1775, because around Ballymac, uh, neutrally Ballymacallagut, uh, around Ballyseedy Castle, uh, what the, the landlords did, they put them around in a circle around their own houses for protection. The other thing is, when they came to Ireland, they when they were settled, they each house was given a musket gun. Because, you oh, see... that's interesting. Yeah, because, yeah. well, they were afraid of, of the resentment of the Irish, you see, because they were dispossessed. And here were these people coming along. But in the meantime, it, they made a fabulous job of the land and they, they had orchards and everything. The Palatine community didn't settle too easily outside in Ballymacallagut, and this is explained to me by Michael Clifford, who married the late Diana Banner, who was the daughter of William Banner, who was a direct descendant of the man that first arrived into Tralee to build the first hotel at the invitation of John Blennerhassett. And the hotel for many years was called the Blenner Hassett Arms. Uh, roughly around about 1780, 17, 17, I know that Benner's Hotel was built in 1790. Right. Uh, Which Banner built that hotel? The gentleman you? here, Samuel, behind oh, the, the, the portrait. Here, of, the portrait here yeah, we have of yes, Samuel here. Yeah. And he was from 1763 to 1832. And uh, he married an Anne who was a Palatine as well. Yeah. And he had no more interest in the land. There was a lot of problem with the land because, after all, they were planted. The Palatines were planted. And I found out in several things, there's lots of court cases where the Benners had supplanted locals and there was a lot of problems, court cases in this, because the, they had trouble from the land, the original landowners who now have no land. So Samuel Bernard decided, look, I'd prefer to go into business and get out of the agri-business. So he, he was contacted by um, Sir John Blenhassett, John Blenhassett at the time, he wasn't Sir, but he, um, he contacted them and said, look, why don't you come to Tralee, Kerry? And they settled in Ballymagelligate, that area. And pretty soon afterwards, they decided, because Anne Cronsbury was from a family that were very big into crafts and cooking and all this type of thing. Another well-known Palatine name is Switzer, and that name has been around Tralee for many generations. And I spoke to Christy Switzer and I wanted to find out about his family's background. And he explained to me how far back he could trace his family. 
Uh, How far back can you trace your family? The, it's going back now in my booklet here to uh, the first man here was 1620. That's Johann Jakob Schweitzer. S-E-H-W-E-I-T-Z-E-R. And he was married to Eva Rinner, who passed away, and then he married Elizabeth Kesseling. And they married in the Assenheim in the Falls in Germany. Okay, so at what stage did they make the journey over here to they, Ireland? They made the journey, they arrived in Ireland in 1709, uh, descendants of this man, obviously. There would have been two brothers. One was Michael and the other was Christopher. Christopher is my part of the family and Michael is the, the, the um, ancestor of Switzer's the stores in Dublin, the department stores famous in Dublin and yeah. Michael Switzer was their ancestor. And uh, obviously they came into West Limerick and settled in Court Matrix. And the, they were... My great-grandfather then would have come there from that area, it's down here to Tralee, and he, he got married here in Tralee. The Palatine community survived because they stayed together and they married their own, and this was tradition within the community for many generations. To find out more about this tradition, I visited the home of the Hoffmans, uh, Robert and Sandra are farming land down outside on a school and I called it to meet them and I first asked Robert and Sandra how did they meet? I met Sandra, I, suppose, I was only I suppose in my early 20s really I wasn't even 20 I think I was only 17 well, I think Well come on Sandra, you have to tell <laughs> yourself come on. Yeah. Um, No, we met at a church dance we met... Uh, Maybe Morris, you would remember the KPH in Ash Street. I there do. used to be church dance at that time. And at that time, there would be no alcohol. And there'd be a cup of tea and a sandwich during the, the night. And that's where we met, do you know? And your background then is Mason. Uh, I was a Mason, but my my maternal grandmother was a Palatine as well. She was Fitzell. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's interesting how the, it, you kind of kept together, you know, the... the well, I suppose. Was, was, was that an accident or...? No, 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 pure accident, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But when you found out that Sandra was Palatine... Uh, oh, that made no difference, no. No, <laughs> no, t- no. It was, it was her beauty swung it, really. It wasn't, oh, it wasn't so. the fact that she was Palatine. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's... it's uh, it's nice to have kind of that connection as well because your uh, Robert's grandmother, uh, Bob Hoffman's wife, was a Fitzell as well from North Kerry as well. She was a Palatine as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So on the, on Robert's father's side, it was all it was all Palatine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, nice. and the Fitzell. They they kind of settled around Tarbert area. They did, yes, yeah. yeah. My grandmother came from Listowel, to near Listowel, but there was a, there's a lot there was a lot of Fitzels in the Tarbert area and also in the Kilmiley area. But I think yeah. there were maybe the Listowel Fitzels and the Tarbert Fitzels may have been related. But I think the Kilmiley Fitzels were a different a different group again, you know. Yeah. Connolly of Palatine settled in Kilmiley out in North Kerry. And the Fitzells came from that area. I spoke to Frank Fitzell, and Frank explains here 
that he was the one who broke from the Palatine tradition. Yeah, my grandmother, with leisure. Oh, so, so you kept, kept yes. the Palatine yes, yeah. connection? Oh, well, you did, that's why I think it's that time, you know. You were damned if you did, you know. Okay, so you married your own? Like yeah, that. you married your own, yeah. Well, I, I broke from that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going out with this girl and she was working with Harry Havercroft one time. And we were going out together for some time, so we decided we'd get married. So so you married a... A, a Roman Catholic. Yes. Right. I tell you about the story that we went um, one once and I said go out there, that's my parish priest who was father or down the hole, I think, in Belly in Belly McKelly, I'd say it's been that And we went out to Sunday evening, of course I stayed in the car. <laughs> she went in and uh, she told him who she was. Oh, thank God, I'm getting married. She's thinking of getting Oh, that's very good, my child. By the way, who are you marrying? So she gave the name. Can marry you. It's a Protestant name. He'd have to change his religion. Well, she says he won't do that, and neither will I. The Groves Palatine family have been farming the land in Ballymacalligat since the first pioneering family arrived there in the 1700s. The name has been anglicised down through the generations, and this is explained by Alison Groves. We know it started with Kraus. So our original um, ancestors, uh, they, yeah, they, they were they were called Kraus. They were um, also called Graves, and over time it kind of morphed into Groves. Here, gross, grouse, krauss, and grouse, yeah. That's yeah. A, so, yeah, but by, it's a, yeah, I, I checked it out. So by the mid-1840s, the, mid the surname was permanently anglicised to its current form, so groves. The Palatine community were hard-working and industrious. They were also very strict in their upbringing. This is explained here by Alison Groves again, as she reads from her aunt's letter. Now, so what, what Auntie Betty says, she said, we were very much afraid of our dad. He was a strict disciplinarian. We were never allowed to stay at home except when we were really ill, and that was seldom. He was, yeah. he was a very religious man. Every night he and my mother knelt at their bedside and prayed for themselves and us. Everybody went to church every Sunday, sometimes twice. The children had first to attend Sunday school, then remain for the church service, about two hours in all and longer if there was communion. The church was always full. Each family had its own pew. The gentry had two pews, one on each side of the altar. These people were very arrogant and proud. They did not mix with the farming community. We've come to the end of this podcast and I hope you enjoyed listening to the sound clips taken from the interviews for this Palatine collection. Sadly, we have lost two of the participants since I started recording, Harry Long and Peter Barkman. They passed away during the year. If you would like to see this collection, it's available on our website. That's irishlifeandlore.com. My name is Maurice O'Keefe, and thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.